also worshiping online. Some of you are watching on Facebook, and I want you to know that God is reaching you where you are. It is a privilege for us to be able to uh, give God praise. It is a privilege for us to be able to give God praise uh, at times like this, because we don't always know what God is doing unless we see that we evaluate. It is very easy to take things for granted. Very, very easy. But when we start to talk about prosperity by prophecy, it comes to the stage whereby we're saying that this is a supernatural intervention of God that can only be given to those who have a direct relationship with God and in seriousness and in maturity. So this fifth session is just to expose us to how that fits together by the grace of God. You see, in literal terms, prophecy is just defined as a prediction of what will happen in the future. A prediction of what will happen in the future. That's what prophecy is. But you and I must understand that prophecy to the believer is simply the expression of God's word. The revelation of God's word. The declaration of God's word. It has to be about God's word. God's word centered around the person of Jesus Christ. That is prophecy. The Bible says in Revelations chapter 19 and verse 10. He said, and as I fell to worship him, Revelations 19 verse 10. The Bible says, and I fell to worship him. I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, see that you do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. This was the revelation that uh, we believe that Paul began to have. This was the revelation that, we be, that, that um, John had in the Isle of Patmos. And at this point, he began to see what was going to happen at the marriage supper of the Lamb. When God was going to, when Jesus was going to come for those that were going to reign with him uh, for the millennial reign. And he said to, when John saw that man who was the angel that was standing before him to minister to him, to tell him what was going to happen, he said, I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to him, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant. I'm also a servant. And of your brethren. The word brethren there means that everyone who is called like you and I into the faith. Everyone who names the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm making this emphasis so that we can understand how prophecies work and how they should work. Because we have limited prophecies and, uh, uh, to, to a particular ministry of prophets. And we need to understand that whilst there is a place for the ministry of prophets, prophecy is first and foremost for the believer as a declared word, a revealed word. God can choose to reveal any word. Those of you that will remember what we did when we were talking about ministry gifts, I said every, anyone, any one child of God can prophesy. Anyone. The Bible says he gives it to them as he wills. Any one child of God can prophesy, but not everyone who prophesies is a prophet. Remember that it is a very clear dis distinction. Anyone can teach the Bible. Anyone should be able to exhort and teach the Bible, but not everyone who teaches and exhorts is necessarily a teacher. So there are diversities of gifts, 
and by the same spirit, but there are diversities of ministry, differences of ministry by the same Lord. So when we talk about prophets, we should understand that that is the ministry gift ordained by the Lord Jesus Christ himself for people to function in the office of a prophet in, its, in, in, the, in, the, in the ramification of the church of Jesus Christ. However, to prophesy and to declare and to make known God's word into situations is the exclusive preserve of every believer. Revelations chapter, uh, sorry, Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 1. We have read this as well, and I just want to make emphasis on it again. It said in verse 1, God who at various times in various ways spoke in time past. I made this emphasis when we were talking about the office of the prophet just a few weeks ago. He has spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. But in verse 2, he said, as in these last days, which you and I belong, as in these last days, spoken to us by his son, his word, direct revelation, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. So prophecy is not, on, you don't get to walk in prophecy or the spirit of prophecy by only having to listen to a prophet, in quote. The Bible says, for the testimony of Jesus, the declaration of the word is the spirit of prophecy. The declaration of the word is the spirit of prophecy. So when we are talking about prosperity by, pros by prophecy, I want us to understand that this is God's very, very exclusive tool that he gives expressly to as many who want to believe him for his word. The prophetic word that God releases to us through prophets or through us directly as his children who get a revelation of who he is and what he's saying to us by time is equally as potent. Don't forget I said the office of the prophet still exists. There's Jesus himself ordained it. He gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets. So, and evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and so on. But he himself is the spirit. The testimony about Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. And so, when we read this, we must understand very well that what God wants for us is to believe him for his word. Any word God has written, that by revelation of the Spirit, you are able to activate and declare over your situation becomes a prophecy. If there is a rhema involved, I'm not talking about the logos of it, the reading of the letter. The Bible says that kills. That kills. But the Spirit of the Word gives life. Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. They are the prophecies. They are the things that will tell you of things to come and declare. Prophecies are different from words of wisdom of the spiritual gifts because words of wisdom will tell you things to come and would also tell you uh, the wisdom to apply in terms of those things. You see, but prophecies will not only declare what is coming, they also give life. They also enforce even the environment to comply that is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy. The life-giving power of prophecy. 
And so our study today will just take us, there are several examples of scripture, seeing how God declared the word in different ways to different people at different times. But what I will say to us today is that we're just going to look in the course of the Bible reading earlier on this uh, service. Pastor Lola read for us 2 Kings chapter 7 from verse 1 to verse 20. As our custom is, we read the whole 20 verses. But the reality there is that it was a story about a time when a prophet called Elisha was in control of the ministry of the prophet in the land of Israel. And Elisha was a tormentor to, to many kings. He was somebody God endowed. As you would know his story, he got a double portion of the very fiery, very fiery uh, uh, prophet Elijah, whom he served for many years before Elijah was taken up into heaven in the chariots of fire. You can read that story in 2 Kings chapter 2. And when Elisha got this man through, he became another man indeed. And when we got to this place, there are several things Elisha did in chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, like with Naaman in chapter 5, and so on. But when we got to um, 2 Kings chapter 7, an account was made. There was serious famine in the land. There was a lot of chaos. People were dying. People were having issues with, with, with having to, they, they had to eat their own children. Things were horrible. You see, at times when things happen in this world, we always think that we are seeing the worst. But some terrible things have happened in time past. And I want you to know that the reason why the Bible documents those things is that whatever you think you are going through today is a child's play to concern, com, compare to what somebody has gone through before. Just take the Bible and you will find it there. You think you are suffering yeah, from, from, a, from a betrayal? Go and read about Jesus Christ. Just go and read about him. Luke chapter 22, the closest man to him. Say, I don't know him. And don't tell me again about him. <laughs> you, want to talk about, you want to talk about betrayal? Go and read about Joseph and his brothers. Sold their own brother into slavery. You want to tell me about anything that you think that you are suffering today, there is nothing new under the sun. Because the same way the power of God got his people through that time is still the same yesterday, is the same today, and is the same forever. The Assyrians were people who were really tormenting and oppressing the children of Israel at this time. So as we read, I want to just give us four principles from where we read. We can't read all the verses again, but we'll read a lot of them. And I just want to bring out four principles that make prophecy, prosperity by prophecy, what it is. Just prospering by what God said, increasing by what God said, acting on it, and encountering supernatural results. This is what prosperity by prophecy is all about. You see, you and I can work and prosper. You and I can labor and be creative and prosper. But there is a realm, like I said to you, this is really not for the boys. There is a realm whereby you can function every now and then and as constantly as possible by simply hearing the word of God, acting on it, and taking delivery of supernatural results. God is still in the business today of prospering his children by prophecy. And I believe God today that as you hear this word, the spirit of prophecy that makes it happen will come upon you afresh in Jesus' name. 2 Kings chapter 7, I just want to read verse 1 where I will take the first principle. The first principle is the fact that we must learn to receive and declare prophecies courageously. We must learn to receive and declare prophecies courageously. Look at what Elisha said in verse 1. Then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. 
Just says the Lord, tomorrow. Now don't forget, this was a time when things were very scarce. This was a time when it seems as if there was hopelessness. He said tomorrow, that is to say within 24 hours. Tomorrow, about this time, a seer of flying flour shall be sold for a shekel and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. And it's like somebody standing up today and saying, look, thus says the Lord, everywhere on this planet, by this time tomorrow, there will be nothing like COVID-19 again. It will just dry up. Can you, can you picture how difficult that will be to comprehend? Even for believers. Because logic, when the word of God is declared by revelation, it breaks logic. It defines everything about process. It disregards human systems. It does not have respect for anything that looks sensible. Because it is not sensible naturally. <laughs> what is sensible supernaturally is not always sensible naturally. How can a place where there is famine, where people are killing and eating their own children, suddenly come to a place where food becomes cheap in 24 hours? How do you de design that economically? How can you put a government process in place that will make that work? How can you put an economic physical policy in place that will work that within 24 hours? But the Bible says the things that are impossible with man are possible with God. I want you all to know this today. If God can help you to understand just a little from this message, many, many things, and by God's grace you grow in it, many, many things that you have been doubting and suffering and living yourself to the confines of logic will cease from your life in Jesus' name. I am a solid believer in common sense. I don't believe in stupidity. I don't. So I'm not talking about being foolish. I don't believe that people should be doing things anyhow in the name of, you know, faith. I don't believe that. That, that is not what we're talking about. But I also believe that whatever God says, however it, however it sounds, however it looks, as long as it is God that said it, that is all I need. And you and I must come to that place where we understand that we must learn to receive. Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. This time tomorrow, this time tomorrow, and I pray that God will continue to give us the same boldness to declare it against every opposition in the name of Jesus. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 20 says, So they arose early in the evening and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, hear me, hear me, O Judah, O you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, whether it is you or somebody else prophesying it. Believe in his prophets and then you shall prosper. The faith you have in the declared prophecy, whether you are the one declaring it or whether somebody else is declaring it, will determine the degree of your prosperity. Friends, I want you to know that God is not a respecter of persons. <laughs> When Jehoshaphat made this declaration, he had gone to talk to God. He said, Lord, look at the people from Mount, Mount Asir. Look at the Ammonites, the Moabites that you asked us to spare, that our fathers spared when they left Egypt. They were going to destroy them there. You said they should not destroy them. Now look at them. They have become a strong army. They want to come and kill us all. What are we going to do? 
And God said to him, you will not need to fight in this battle. This is what you will do. And he raised the singers and you know the story. But when Jehoshaphat said to them, he said to the people, hear me. You need to believe in the Lord your God so that you can be established. The word established there means you will not be blown to and fro. You will gain stability. He said, he that believes in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion that cannot be moved. He said that when the Lord will establish you so that in, in, in Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3, he will keep you in perfect peace. He will be the stability of your time. So you must understand that the first thing you need to do is that you must develop capacity to believe the word of God because prophecies are the expressions and the declarations of the word of God. So if you do not believe the word, no matter who is declaring, even if God himself comes to quicken his word in your heart for a declaration, you still cannot believe. You still cannot take delivery. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So every one of us must keep understanding that what God is talking about is that there is a demand on us to learn how to receive and declare prophecies courageously. When Jehoshaphat was talking to the people that they should stand back and see the salvation of God, they were afraid. When Moses stood before the Red Sea and he told the people that they should, as God asked him to declare that they should go forward, the people will naturally be afraid. When Elisha was speaking, where we're reading today, I'm sure that there are people who would be afraid. There are people who would, who would wonder how it would be. Some people might have even said, oh, they will kill our prophet now because this is not going to happen. This cannot happen. We can't see how this will happen. I'm saying this because I don't know what your situation is and I don't know how many things is making you feel like certain things that even though you know is God that is saying it about your life are not able to come to pass again because you just cannot reason beyond the logic. What God is sending to you today is a word of deliverance. The Bible says he sent his word and it healed them and delivered them from their destruction. What the enemy wants to do is to keep us in that place of confine, the place of famine, the place where people are eating and killing their own children. He wants us to be in that same place where everyone is just losing out and things are happening. And in that place, there is confusion. In that place, people cannot see a way out. When the word of God comes like this to you, what God is doing is shining light into your Goshen. That place he has kept his children. The secret place of the Most High. Where it is the exclusive preserve of those that put their trust in him. I said to one of our dear brothers after our all night on Friday, we were having a quick chat. I said, what is the difference between a believer and a non-believer? If a believer must do everything the same way a non-believer does it to live this life. To make money, to raise children. And you must do the same thing the same way. What is the point? What's the difference? The difference for a believer is that you live in a place called Goshen. You live in a place that is called the secret place of the Most High. You live in a place where God can talk with you mouth to mouth. God can show you deep secrets because secrets belong to God. The Bible says the secret things belong to him. God can show you those secrets. God can tell you things that he doesn't tell to people who are not his children. God can show you how you can survive, how you can prosper in ways that do not appear to the common man and the common mind. So you and I must understand that this is what makes us different, apart from the fact that we are heirs of salvation that will join him and as many that he redeems like us. Ezra spoke as well. The Bible says in Ezra chapter 6 verse 14, so the elders of the Jews built and they prophesied through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet. 
Ezra documented this because the temple was becoming difficult to build. After the rebuilding of Jerusalem, some people were just against the rebuilding of the temple completely. And the Bible says the, 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 the two prophets, Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo, prophesied that the temple was going to be rebuilt. So when Ezra was writing this account, he said, so the elders of the Jews built and they prospered through the prophesying. You can prosper by prophecy. You can prosper by the declared word of God. You can advance by the things that God is speaking into your life. Don't let anything stop you. The people did not let the opposition in the land say, oh, even though God is speaking to us through this is prophets that we cannot build because there is opposition. They went ahead. The Bible says, and they built it and finished it. This is how you will complete everything God has sent you to complete in this life. In the mighty name of Jesus. There is nothing of God that you start that you will not finish. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will succeed. In the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says, and they finished it according to the commandment of God. According to the commandment of God. As long as you stay where he is speaking. As long as you stay where you can keep hearing him. I have told you many times, the difference between the word of God and the word of man is that the word of God has capacity in itself when declared to make what is being declared come to pass. A man can say the same thing, but he doesn't have any power whatsoever. Your line manager can tell you, I will sort out your promotion next month. The business partner can tell you, I will structure this deal next month. That is the word of a man. Thank God for it, but it has no power to make itself happen. But when God says, I will promote you, every force under heaven, work together for your promotion. In the name of Jesus, you must understand you have to leave this realm. Enough of believers going all over the place crying and just worrying and just being like everybody else. We need to come to a place where it's either we believe God or we don't. If you believe in the Lord your God, you shall be established. If you believe his prophets also, whether they are prophets as, as prophets ordained or the prophecies through your own life, my revelation, you will prosper. I decree that you will prosper in the name of Jesus. The Bible says they built according to the commandment of the Lord. So that's the number one thing. We must learn to receive and declare prophecies courageously. Number two, we read that from verse two. Somebody stood against him. He said, so an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? <laughs> and he said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. We must learn how to use prophecies for spiritual warfare. If you don't learn to hold on to the things, look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. That man came and said, if it was an effrontery even to the God of heaven, does he know what the windows of heaven are? And he said, if God opens it, what is the little Samaria? What is, what, is, what, is, what is so difficult for God to bless in a little city <laughs> when you are talking about windows of heaven? And he came and he said, and, and the man of God said, you will only see, you have heard it, and you will see it, but you will not partake of it. Hallelujah. Paul said to Timothy, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies, 
previously made concerning you that by them you may wage the good warfare. You have to lay hold of prophecies and keep making warfare. You have to learn how to declare consistently what God has said. When God told Nehemiah that he will rebuild the walls and Sambalat and Tobias were warring against him and telling him and laughing at him and laughing at his calling and saying that even the foxes can crawl on this wall and crumble it, Nehemiah said, the Lord our God. Nehemiah 2.20, he said, the Lord our God, he will prosper us. He will help us. Make warfare with your prophetic declaration. How many things are you declaring? over your life, over your wife, over your husband, over your womb, over your job, over your children, over your ministry. How many things? Never let go of the prophetic because every time there is opposition, Elisha was opposed by a man who we have over the years called an economic expert because he was talking from an economic point of view that it is impossible in 24 hours for this kind of thing you are saying to happen. Now, I don't know how many voices like that you hear. You may hear them from people, but you may hear them from your inner man most times. You may hear them from your flesh most times, telling you that you can't pass that exam. It is impossible. It's not for people like you. You can't get that job. It is impossible. You can't make that next thing. You can't prosper. You cannot go beyond this. It is impossible. And it will show you scenarios of your family. That everyone who attempted to raise a little bit, they never went anywhere. So don't bother. Don't try. Those are the voices of the financial officer. They are the voices of the man on whose staff, on, on whose hand the king leaned. They are the voices of that officer on whose hand the king leaned. Keep rebuking them. Making warfare with your prophecies. I say this with every humility. Every time I hear people say economic migrants, economic migrants, I'm not an economic migrant. I've never called myself that. People say that because that's what they can understand about people who come, especially from, from other countries who are least, less developed to developing countries, less developed to developed countries, the so-called developed countries that we are still helping to develop, by the way. Praise the Lord. <laughs> They call, they, they call us all economic migrants. I'm not an economic migrant. I know where I sat on the plane. Whether you believe it, you don't believe it, it doesn't matter. I know where I sat on the plane when God told me in 1998, two years before I came to this country eventually, that I'm taking you out of your home country to minister my word in a unique way. I am prophetically sent to this country. I am prophetically released from my country to be elsewhere. And there are millions of me all over the, like me, all over the place, all over the world, sent from their various countries, sent from this country to India, to America, to Nigeria, to South Africa, believers like me, doing great work in Zimbabwe. Some of them are sent from South Africa to, to Jamaica. Some are sent to USA. It doesn't matter. God knows what he's doing. He owns all of us all. So we are not all economic migrants. And of course, people can choose to just move and, 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 be, and move on economy. That's no doubt. No, that's fine. That's fine. And at times, God may even prompt some people in that way. Just use a business link or a study opportunity or something to get them out. But there are many of us who were sent by mandate. Let us understand. And that is the prophecy we hold to today. Anytime I look at anybody just playing around me or trying to do things, I just laugh. You think I'm just here by myself? I am sent of God. 
When you have a prophetic mandate, you must always declare it and make war with it. Because in it lies your prosperity. What is your prosperity? Your progress, your advancement, your increase, your attainment. I thank God I'm blessed in the land by the grace of God. God is helping me. I have no doubt about that. My life is many, many times what it, what it was in terms of what I could do to support this work in the kingdom and, and, and many other people across the world compared to when I left my home country. And I'm grateful. I don't make light of it. But the reality is that I am on a mandate. And if your life can be traced and anchored, and aspects of your life, your children, your work, your family, can be anchored to prophetic declarations, you will find that when oppositions come, you will continue to have a word to make warfare. Because the oppositions will keep coming. Paul said to Timothy, don't let those prophecies go. Those prophecies that have been made on you, hold on to them because you will need them to keep making good warfare. God gave you a job. You heard the word very clearly that he was going to give you that job and that when you get there, these are certain things he will do. Then you got there, everybody looks like opposition. And then suddenly you are raising your hand and crying like everybody else, complaining like everybody else. Go back and dig up the prophecy. Go back and dig up the prophecy. And I want you to know something. When we talk about the prophecies that have gone on us before, there are two ways. Some of us will hear, like I said, you hear it very clearly. God said, this is what I want to do. You go ahead and do it for me. And then you move. That is fine. But not everybody, every time, has to experience that. Many people's prophecies are still hidden in scripture. They just haven't read it with revelation. Many people's words... They are there. God is saying, just turn to it. I want to speak to you. Just turn to it. Just read that one more chapter. When you read it to the point by the Spirit of God, the spirit of prophecy jumps out. Then suddenly you hear the word of God. <laughs> then you hear that word that speaks to your spirit man. It no longer becomes something just speaking to your mind. It no longer becomes something just appealing to your intellect. You hear the word and what you know. Let me tell you the proof of it. A kind of spiritual energy comes into you that even you yourself will know that something is influencing you beyond your normal self. That is the spirit of prophecy. That's the spirit of prophecy. So you find that you operate differently. I, the work I'm doing, I'm not struggling doing it. I work very hard, very, very hard. But you know something? It is not a struggle for me because there is a spirit of prophecy that is helping me to prosper in it. You need it for your husband. You need it for your wife. You need it to be a good parent. You need it to be a good business person. You need it for your ministry. It wakes you up and puts springs in your step every day. It is called the spirit of prophecy. Keep working and worrying with it. Number three. Number three. Some verses of scripture from verse three to verse eight. Very quickly, I'll skim through them in 2 Kings 7. The Bible says that there were four leprous men. This, the third point is that we should always act promptly as commanded by God. Always act promptly as commanded by God. I want us to know this very clearly. That we, as a people, must not waste time. When God says we should declare something, we declare it very quickly. Before I read this from verse 3, I want to say something. Remember Ezekiel chapter 37? God took Ezekiel to a valley we call the Valley of Dry Bones. God asked him, he said, can this bone live? Ezekiel said, oh Lord, you are the one that knows this. And verse 4, God began to tell him that this is what I will do. 
No, please put that up. I'm reading Ezekiel. I'm talking about Ezekiel. I'll come back to 2 Kings. Just listen to me now. And when, when Ezekiel, God said to him, I will make, I will put breath into them and I will cause sinews to call upon, come upon them and they will live again. He said, you just prophesy and say to them, hear the word of the Lord. Not the word of Ezekiel. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what you must always understand. When you are confronting those things that want to be like dead bones, you look at the word that God has given to you by revelation and say, hear the word of the Lord. That thing that is looking like the limits that you cannot break, that barrier that you cannot cross, you say, hear the word of the Lord. He said, and I profess, God said to him, say to them, hear the word of the Lord. You shall live again. And in verse 7, Ezekiel 37, 7, you can go and read Ezekiel 37 again. But Ezekiel 37, verse 7, the Bible says, And I prophesied as I was commanded. I obeyed very promptly, which brings me to my next point. When God asks you to declare, the things around you will tell you, don't say so. Don't say it. You cannot say it. It doesn't make sense. Don't say it. Especially when somebody else will hear it. You say, don't say it. Don't say it. They will laugh at you. They will laugh at you. But that is when you have to go ahead and take steps and say it. And then the next thing God tells you to do, you do it. Many years ago when I met my wife, in the year 1992, I was living in a hostel. I didn't even have a rented apartment. I was living in a university hostel as a postgraduate student. But as many things, I took her to the chapel when we agreed we would marry. We met May 7. By May 10, God inspired me to tell her that I want to marry her. And I went ahead. Please, I'm not telling you to go and be doing that if God did not lead you because you can go and carry anything like that. But the reality is that it was so clear God was in it and we thank God, you know, 28 years later, no regrets at all by the grace of God and there shall be no regret in Jesus' name. The reality is that May 10, May, May 10 we declared, uh, we, we, we agreed and God spoke to her as well. It was quick. We agreed and we moved. And I took her the first place that we would go on a date was inside the chapel on that campus. I took her to the chapel, and I said, let us put the foundation of this thing right. And we held hands together, and we prayed. <laughs> some of you, your first date is go to watch uh, Star Wars, <laughs> or some monsters of Godzilla. <laughs> you better carry her to a place that is so that monsters will not be chasing you <laughs> for the rest of your marriage. Just joking. I mean, enjoy yourselves. But God led me to take her to the chapel, and we held hands and prayed. And we committed the foundation of our yet-to-happen marriage to God's hands. And I began to say to her, as many things God was showing me about what was going to be in her life, I never held back. I was just telling her and telling her. Now she could have, because there was nothing looking like it at that time. Nothing looking like it at all. Far from it. She could have despised it. I could have been afraid to declare it. But a lot of those things today is like, you know, we have seen many of those things over and over and over. And it was like we never went through that stage where it looked like an impossibility. So prophecy is something you must be courageously declaring. Anytime God, it has to be spoken. It has to be declared. That is the thing. Like God said to Ezekiel, say to the bones. Don't say, God has spoken to me. I believe it. If he said declare it, keep declaring it. Declare it in every quarters. Every time I say a time is coming, when in this church, if you don't get here by 9.30, you have no place to park. I'm declaring what he's asked me to declare. I don't look at anybody's face to say it. <laughs> I don't have to. You don't need to. 
You just keep saying it because it will come to pass. I say it will come to pass. Everything God is speaking to you will come to pass in the name of Jesus. So let's quickly look at verse 3. Verse 3, verse 3. 2 Kings 7, verse 3. He said, now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? This was the time when everybody was just dying. These people did not have any hope whatsoever. Verse 4. He said, if we say we will, verse 4 please. If, verse 4. If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city. We shall die there. If we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall only die. Now, you see, these people may not have heard, from all indications, they may not have heard about Elisha's prophecy. Because if they have, they will not be doubting like this. They will, not be, they will say, at least the man of God said. One of them would have raised it. Because you can see they were reasoning. They were leprous men, but their head was very correct. Very, very correct people. They say, if we sit here, we die. Let's go. Let whatever happens. But you see, what they didn't know is that God was setting them up for a fulfillment of that prophecy. And this is what I want you to know. When a man of God, including you, because every time we say this man of God, some of you are already saying, ah, I have to look God to the man of God. It doesn't have to be. Including you. The man of God just simply means the person receiving the word of God and declaring it. It could be you. Of course, it could be somebody else God sends to you. No problem. God has his own way. But when a man of God declares the prophecy, what you need to know is that the moment the word is spoken, everything that needs to come together, that needs to be mobilized to make that word happen, starts to happen. These lepers just suddenly felt, let us move. That was God. And God went to the least of people that you can expect. Because, you see, if God went to mobilize the army of Israel and say to them, I have spoken through my servant. I am giving you Samaria. I will clear them out. You will go in. You know, they will believe they will move, but some of them will think that it was their strategic expertise. They would think that it is what they know. That is why you have to be very careful. When God speaks a word, don't start to look at those things that you think can make it happen. Don't make that mistake. Don't make that mistake. If you do that, you cut out God. Just leave it to him. All you need is to believe. He said, if you believe, you will see the glory. That is all. Believe, glory. What comes in between belief and seeing glory? Leave it to him. He knows how he will say, Lazarus, come forth, and the man will rise up again. He knows. He knows. Leave him to that. Don't try and do it for him. This is why I am so upset with believers today who are trying to fake miracles and fake things just to try to make it proper. Look, look. if Smith Wigglesworth did the miracles he did in this country 80 years ago, 90 years ago, if he did them and God decides that he's not doing them that way now, don't have to force it to be like that. No, no, no. Just stay with what God is doing. See the same God. He has not stopped doing miracles. But let us allow him do what he wants to do. There is no need faking anything anywhere. If you had all those powers that you say you have healing people and blowing on them, why have you not been blowing on them in, in COVID centers now? You too, you are going about saying that people should self-isolate. Go now. If you say you have those powers, let us stop the charade. 
I am not against miracles. I always say this. God sees my heart. I am a living miracle. I believe in miracles. But you see, we must understand this idea of trying to make it for God must stop in the body of Christ. God did not go to the armies of, of, of Israel. He didn't go there. He didn't go to the king. He didn't even go back to Elisha to go to Samaria himself. He didn't. He didn't. To the, to the camp of the Syrians himself. He didn't. He didn't. He chose four lepers that people would not even know and reckon with. Verse four, verse five. Verse five. The Bible says, and they rose in the twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, there was no one there. Because God, verse 7, verse 6, verse 6, very quickly, very quickly now, please, verse 6. For the Lord, no one there, for the Lord, somebody say the Lord. The Lord who spoke is the one who will make it happen. The Lord who spoke know what he will do to make it happen. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired us, has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Verse 7, verse 7. They said to themselves that he has attacked, he has gathered against us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight. This is how every opposition to the prophetic mandate upon your life will be fleeing before you. They will be fleeing before you in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says when the man's ways pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. When God says he's going to do something in your life, friend, how he's going to make the army that is your opposer, the army that is sitting on your treasure, the, the, the forces that are sitting on your increase, the forces that are sitting on your promotion, the forces that are sitting on your advancement, the forces that are sitting on your growth, even the forces sitting on anything that God has committed into your hands, whatsoever, how he's going to make them flee is his business. You just have to believe. When they arose, therefore they arose and fled at twilight. I'm not trying, I, like I said, I'm not running down great servants of God who just want to serve the Lord. But I'm just saying again, let us, let us go back to that place where we believe God like children. Let's believe God like children. Let's just trust him. Let's just trust him. God will move the way he wants to move. Somebody calls you and they, 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 they are not feeling okay or they are not feeling well, especially at these times. Don't dramatize anything. Just speak the word of God as God declares. Just speak it and believe it in faith. Don't over-dramatize anything. Don't, don't, make, don't think you have to make yourself look a little bit spiritual. Please hear me, members of this church. If you call me for anything and I say to you, by the special grace of God, it is well. If you expect me to do drama for you and dance and jump up and down before you believe that it is well, that is, you are wasting your time. I will not do that. Because I believe that God who speaks is able to do. I don't know if you ask me how it's going to be. I don't know. I don't know. You, somebody has a sick child or somebody has a very challenging situation. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to come to pass, but I know God knows. I know God knows. And so I put my trust in him. So we just need to come back to that simplicity of declaration of who he is by prophecy and then we prosper. May God continue to help us in Jesus' name. And in verse 8, the Bible says, and when those lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, when they came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold. <laughs> People who were considering dying carried silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. At that point, they thought anything could happen. So they went, they hid them in one tent 
If you look at the story very well, then they came back like rats. They don't know that they don't. They, are, they have already got the place. There's no need to worry, but they are still afraid. And at times, this is what believers do. God, they've been waiting for a promotion. They've been waiting for a lifting. And suddenly, suddenly, God opens the door. Instead of going and taking possession and just being who God wants them to be, they'll be moving like rats there. They'll be afraid. They don't know. They're not sure. <laughs> Hallelujah. When God said to you, move, you just move. You don't go there and be talking, not arrogance, but you don't go there again and be talking like somebody who is begging for something. When God showed me this building with almost zero pounds in my account, and God said, see that building is available, and I will make everything else that, by my availability, I mean everything you need is available. The money to take it, the people to worship in it, the money to maintain it, the money to acquire, everything is available. When God said that to me, I just moved. I just said, move, let's go there. When I was talking with the person, when I sent my wife to talk with the person who, who, who owned the building, it, we did not know what God was going to do. We just had the word that said it's available. And as soon as we said we want it, it was like heavens were open, forces were moving, things were coming, favor with the man, saying, how do you want it? What do you want me to do? Just let me know. And all those things began to show clearly that God had gone ahead to prepare. Prophecy releases the spirit of God. It is called the spirit of prophecy. It makes God go into the business world and affect things that will help you to prosper. It makes God go into realms that you cannot reach, where decisions are being made to select one person out of five. I've been many, I've been part of many interview panels, particularly in this country in the last, especially about 15 years. And I've seen many times, in fact, just one, just a few, just very recently, one, they were to select five people for an interview. And I was in the panel. And we've almost concluded that it, we don't know them because these days, you know, there are a lot of sophistication. You, you use systems where they anonymize the names of the people so that you don't know their gender. You don't, well, you could guess gender, but you don't know their gender. Mostly, you don't know their, their race, you don't know anything, or, or except some, because they blank out the names and personal details that will, unless you go into some of their personal statements, maybe you can make some sense. But as much as possible, they try to make it fair. Praise the Lord. Anyway, and we made up mind to, to interview five people for this position. And everything was going okay. Until suddenly, suddenly, we are three, two people in the panel said, there's this person we haven't considered. And they called the number, and I went on my own list. I said, that's true. This person should be on the list. We don't know this person. I, I, I certainly don't know this person. I said, this person should be on the list. Do you know that there and then, the, the, the last name that was among the five was dropped, and this person was put? That kind of thing, only God does it. <laughs> only God will just go into such a setting and say, this person must be there. I don't know whether this is a believer or not, but I can tell you clearly, only God makes things like that happen. And I am telling you, I've seen it many times. Where God will go into places that men cannot reach. But because there is a prophetic declaration, God makes it happen. And I want you to know, the Bible says, when those lepers came there, they came back, entered another tent, carried some from there, and went and hid it again. Because God had gone ahead of them. God will keep going ahead of you. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. The fourth thing I want to say, 
before I round this up today, is that always remember that every true prophecy must come to pass. Every true prophecy must come to pass. Whatever you have heard of God, never stop believing. It will come to pass. I say it will come to pass. Second Kings chapter 7, verse 16. Say, then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. When, when the lepers went back to tell the people, they went out and plundered. The people went there and plundered the tents of the Syrians. So a share of flour was sold for a shekel and two shares of barley for a shekel according to the word of who? According to the word of who? According to the word of who? Who spoke it? Who spoke the word that the Lord gave? Elisha. What I'm trying to say is that the man who speaks it is not the important thing. <laughs> that is why I'm telling you that the man who speaks it, whether it is you or whether they call the person prophet something or whether it is me or anybody, that the, the word, the key thing is that it is the word of the Lord. When you can find it, however, wherever, in your shower, in, the, in your way, on your driving to work, in your going home, in flying, traveling, anywhere you can find it, in church, anywhere, reading the Bible by yourself, just keep looking for the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord. When you find it, it will come to pass. I say, when you find it, it will come to pass. In the name of Jesus. Verse 17 says, now, the, just to confirm that the word really came to pass. Now, this is where the word of the servant came to pass. This is where you see that even warfare has result. Verse 17. Now, the king had appointed the officer on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. But the people trampled him in the gate and he died. Just as, now, the man of God had said, believe the word of the Lord, that is his word, your responsibility to believe in it. But your responsibility also is to make warfare with the word. Because the Bible says, just this time, not as the Lord has said, but just as the man of God has said. Who spoke to? Who spoke when the king came down to him? Everything you say against your opposition, the Lord will bring them to come to pass. In the name of Jesus. When I say opposition, you know what I mean. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Before you start making a list of all the people in your office and all those people that you've been trying to just give one. <laughs> <That's not laughs> we are talking about demons, principalities, and powers. Who walk through those people? <laughs> we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. There was, there was a time I was thinking, I said, God, I thank you that you don't hear the prayer of these people that say, Lord, kill my enemies, kill my enemy, kill my enemy. Because many people, they are their own number one enemy and they don't even know. <laughs> so if God should kill all their enemies, they will be the first person. God will say, okay, let me put them in a list. <laughs> I will start with your worst enemy. He say, yes, God, okay. So by the time he, he will meet him in heaven, he say, ah, God, what? <laughs> God, I thought we were killing enemies. He say, yes, I killed number one. That's why you are dead. <laughs> so, Many people are their own number one enemy. So when God is hearing his children say, Lord, all oh, my enemy, kill them, kill them. God will just be shaking his head saying, these are my children, don't know. <laughs> Thank God I say, I answer according to my will. <laughs> Many people don't know this. So it's not about killing enemy. It's about going against principalities and powers. The voices of the Goliaths that come. 
You are not fighting Goliath. You are fighting the spirit behind Goliath. That is why David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the armies of the one. These your words are defying today. Make war with your prophecy. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19. The Bible says, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Which you do well to take heed as a light that shines in a dark place. The word shines like a light in a dark place until the day dawns. You have to keep declaring until you see the day dawn. When you wake up and the day is still dark, you keep declaring because it is a light that shines in the dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Verse 20 says, knowing this first, that no prophecy, verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. No prophecy of scripture is of man. For prophecy never came by the will of man. This thing we are talking is not a talk of smoothness or sweetness. It's not something that I just feel like saying. When I declare the word of God to you, I don't just feel like saying. I listen to what he's saying. And then he says to me, declare to my people like this. That is what I'm doing. And that is what you should be doing. It is not a a, a will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. This is how we must continue to declare prophecies. Finally today, I just want to quickly remind us of Paul's admonition. If we desire to see the manifestation of prophetic always, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to verse 22, Paul summarizes everything. Rejoice always. You want to be a person hearing God regularly? Be a person of joy. The Bible says, I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And verse, verse 17, verse um, 17 says, pray without ceasing. Verse 18 says, in everything, verse 18 says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always and pray. And in everything, give thanks. Everything must go together. Be a person who is always rejoicing, cheerful. The Bible says, a merry heart does good like medicine. Be a person who is always rejoicing. I like laughing a lot. I like laughing. If I find that I've not laughed for about two hours, I look for something to make me laugh. If I can't find anything, I remind myself something that makes me laugh, and I laugh again. If you laugh and you laugh, because you have you heard that the Bible says, and the Holy One of Israel shall laugh. God likes laughing. If you laugh and you enjoy being a joyful, cheerful person, you will command His presence regularly. He likes that atmosphere. Don't be a complainant. Morning every time. Toxic atmosphere. Always complaining. You wake up the first thing in the morning. Oh, what a day. Look at the outside. It is so dark. How am I going to do today? And I have not paid this. You have not left your bed. And you have said more than 10 things that are negative, 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 negative. Lord, it is over with my life. I don't know what I'm going to do next. I have been left behind. All my mates have done this. Oh, God, what a horrible life. No, you can't find God like that. But when you wake up and say, Lord, this is the day you have made. I am rejoicing. I am glad. Thank you, Jesus. You are a good God. You are a good God. You are a gracious God. And then you sing some songs. When you are rejoicing like that, and then you start to pray, and you are giving thanks consistently, you find yourself enjoying the presence of the Spirit. He said, do not quench the Spirit. Murmuring and complaining quenches the Spirit. It drives the Spirit away. It drives the Spirit away. We must not be a people who complain. Verse 20, he said, do not despise. Verse 20, do not despise prophecies. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. 
Do not despise prophecies. Many times, many people hear God. And what they do is they despise. They despise. Because it's not coming from a source they expect. Many people look at somebody, God used somebody to speak to you. They say, but what is this person saying? Many people have despised the prophesying of their own husbands because of familiarity. Many people have despised the prophesying that's coming through their own wife because of familiarity. Many people have despised the prophesying of their own children because of familiarity. Do not despise prophecies. Just test it. I'm not saying take everything. He said hold fast to what is good. Abstain from evil. Test it. What you are hearing, is it the word of God? The spirit of God will let you know. Even if a word of God is quoted like he did, like Satan did it, and was quoting it and quoting it, it uh, 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 I'm presenting it to Jesus. Jesus picked that up. You will pick that up also. I say you will pick it up also. But when it is true and genuine, don't despise it. Don't despise it. Because God knows how he speaks, when he speaks. If God could speak through a donkey, how can he not speak through a human being? Don't despise prophesying. Don't wait until you see a so-called man of God that is known as a prophet globally. Until that person says, you say, then I believe. Everything God puts around you can speak. That's why I say go to the ants. You will learn from them. Anything can speak. God can speak through anything, anytime. Very late 2017 and early 2018, this church went through a very major reshuffle. I will call it that because I believe that's what God wanted to do, to just refreshing things and, and get us going again. Some very dear brethren felt they needed to leave. And uh, one of them came to me and said, the, the, the first person came to me and said they, they wanted to leave just on uh, my wedding anniversary, December 2017. I remember very clearly because it was my wedding anniversary on the day. It was a Saturday. And um, I said, okay, God bless you. Hope everything is okay. Is that what God is leading you to do? He said, yeah. I said, you're going to start a church or what? I just wanted to know what it was next. And he said, no, no, no. And, we, and um, I believe that that was it. I didn't see anything into it. I didn't read anything into it. But a few days later, I started seeing that the devil wanted to capitalize on that to actually tear the church apart. That was his intention. Now, that is not the intention of the brother or the, the people. I'm only saying that was the intention of the devil. Look, the devil will look at anything, look for anything to tear down anything. Jesus himself said he has come to steal, kill, and destroy. So when you give him small space for anything, he comes in quickly to try and see what he can destroy. <laughs> That's why you don't give him space. Anyway, so I was just free in my mind, and I said, well, I've, 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 I've grown in church all my life. People can leave church. People, you wish people well if they're going. You, if a pastor is cursing people because they're going, he doesn't know what he's doing at all. You wish them well and let them go because God is the owner of the church. Somebody leaves today, somebody will come again. Many, many more will come. It's no problem. I don't know you before. How many of you knew me before now? <laughs> you, you, you'll be there. God will put people there to serve. So I never worried about those things. In as much as no pastor truly enjoys people living. That's, that's, that's the truth. But that's, that's fine. So I just sat in my office the following Sunday. That was a week after, not the next day, but a week after that. I think that was the last Sunday of the year. Very unusual thing. Very unusual. I was just sat there. I normally wear my microphone round about 9.20 every Sunday. 9.20, 9.25. 
every Sunday. I'm a, very, I'm, a, I'm a person of routine. As much as possible, I keep to routine because it helps me to keep on top of everything I do. So I was wearing my mic, and as I put it on, this young boy, one of our young children, walked in. He was barely five years old at that time. Four, five years old at that time. Hardly ever walks into my office. Has never walked into my office since this day. He came into the office and he said to me, he said, Pastor, how are you? I said, I'm fine. I called his name. I said, how are you? How are your parents and all that? And this young boy said to me, are we go- so are we going to the other church? I said, son, there is no other church. I said, we're here. I was stuttering because I didn't, it hit me like a bomb. Which other church is this young boy talking about? So I sat down. I said, boy, tell me some more. He said, oh, there's another church. Pastor, people are going to another church. I said, okay. I said, I called his name. I said, we're here. I'm sure we're here. This is where God has called us to serve him. And we're here for now. I said, God bless you. He said, okay, thank you. And he left my office. <laughs> but I didn't know that was God's way of coming to warn me for the next few weeks of battle spiritually. Again, like I said, this is not a battle against anybody. None of the brethren. God sees my heart. We communicate. I, I love those brethren. Those of you that may know them, I communicate. There's no problem, okay? So don't get this wrong. But I'm telling you that if you are going somewhere, the devil was trying to use that occasion to bring down what God was doing. But as that young man came into my office, that young boy came into my office that day, it changed my mindset. It prepared me. So by the time we got into January, I was strong. So when I now started to see the manipulations and the things the devil was trying to do, I was rested. God will speak to you. I say, God will keep speaking to you. God will keep speaking to you. Before evil comes and before anything that can shake you will come your way, God will warn you ahead. And God will give you victory over them all in the name of Jesus. You will prosper by the prophetic word. As you continue to believe God, whatever he says will come to pass, will surely come to pass in the mighty name of Jesus. The prophecy that God speaks through people is only through those whom he has saved. Let us pray.